listening to Work in Progress with me, Nadia Halumaraus, and Antonio Urdaneta. This podcast is for everyone and anyone interested in learning about the latest trending topics in workplace law. Just to remind everyone, this podcast is legal information. It is not legal advice and should not be used in any legal capacity whatsoever. We are employment and labor lawyers, including human rights in the workplace. I focus on assisting small and mid-sized workplaces, those with one to 200 employees. And Nadia helps both employers and employees. Today, we'll be revisiting the topic we covered in our last episode, whether Idel displaces the common law, and in particular, whether being temporarily laid off during COVID-19 is a constructive dismissal or not. And yes, the reason why we're revisiting it is because, believe it or not, there have been some updates on this topic. At the time, we believed that being on an infectious disease emergency leave, or IDEL as we refer to it, was a constructive dismissal. That was the result in the case that we covered, which was Coutinho and Ocular Health Center. And now we're not so sure, but we will give you just a brief recap. IDEL comes from a regulation of the Ontario Employment Standards Act of the same name, Infectious Disease Emergency Leave Regulation, and contains various rules that apply during the COVID-19 period, which was initially from March 1st to July 3rd, 2020. (laughs) That brings me back that that's how long we thought COVID would last, (laughs) but uh, has now been extended until September 25th, 2021. Prior to the IDEL regulation, for a constructive dismissal to be found under the ESA, under the Employment Standards Act, the employer must make a significant change to a fundamental term of an employee's employment, and the employee must have resigned in response within a reasonable period. One of the things that the IDEL regulation changed was to say that a reduction in hours or pay or even a temporary layoff, which otherwise would be a fundamental change to an employee's employment, during the COVID-19 period that is not a constructive dismissal for ESA purposes, meaning that an employee could not claim termination or severance pay at the Ministry of Labor if they experienced a reduction in hours or a temporary layoff. The question in Coutinho was whether a temporary layoff constituted a constructive dismissal at common law. Before we go there, Nadia, two other things that happened in that episode is that your prediction that Coutinho was not the end of the conversation was right. We brought two new cases about the same topic with different outcomes (laughs) today. And the second thing, you were looking forward to see what would courts say about an employer's shutdown because of government's regulations. And I think we have that answer this time. Getting back to Coutinho, Coutinho worked for one of three offices that the business had at that time. And she worked in the office that closed down during COVID-19. Coutinho was temporarily laid off and a few months later recalled to work. At that point, the constructive dismissal claim was already ongoing. There are suggestions in that case that the reason why the business closed down that office included a business misunderstanding among the owners of the business. However, COVID-19 was also used as an argument to justify the close down. The court in Coutinho sided with the employee and said that Idel did not displace the common law and there was a constructive dismissal. And the judge based his decision on Section 8 of the Employment Standards Act that no civil remedies of an employee against their employer is affected by the ESA, which means that uh, an employee is free to bring a claim in courts about constructive dismissal, even though they are barred from bringing it to the Ministry of Labor. The other thing that happened in that case is that the court looked at the guides published by the Ministry of Labor that explained the new IDEL regulation, specifically that the rules in the IDEL regulation 
regulation affect only what constitutes a constructive dismissal under the ESA. They did not address what constitutes a constructive dismissal at common law. And that language of the policy plus Section 8 sealed the deal. Employees still have a claim as constructive dismissal and the ADEL regulation did not change the common law. That was the decision in Coutinho. Um, yes, well, thank you, Antonio, for being so gracious and pointing out that I was right about some things. Um, <laughs> and uh, if you listened to our last episode, you might detect a lot of smugness in my voice, I will admit, because what the judge in Coutinho found was exactly what I thought. And personally, I love it when judges say what I think, because it makes me feel smart and that maybe one day I can be a judge. But, You're not uh, the only one, Nadia. <laughs> <laughs> but then uh, Taylor and Hanley Hospitality Inc. came along. I haven't read it, not out of personal spite, but uh, because I wanted... <laughs> <laughs> Let it go, Nadia, let it go. I wanted to give Antonio his own opportunity to be smug because I think what Antonio is going to say is that the judge and Taylor is saying what you think the right answer is, right, Antonio? Mm -hmm. Exactly right, so, that. So teach it to me. Tell I me how Coutinho got it wrong. I won't teach you that, but I think we have an underlying issue, an elephant in the room that we fail to talk about over and over, and it's not addressed in neither of these cases. By the way, I brought an Antonio's rant today about the issue. <laughs> But before we go there, I have to say, Nadia, tongue-in-cheek, using the words of opposing counsel in Taylor and Henley's Hospitality, Inc., it is submitted with respect that the analysis in Coutinho is wrong in law. All right, Taylor's fact, as in the summary judgment, are straightforward. March 27 of 2020, Ms. Taylor was temporarily laid off from her employment. She did not resign. On August 18, 2020, Ms. Taylor was advised in writing that she was being recalled to her employment, effective September 3, 2020, so a few months later. And Ms. Taylor returned to her employment with Tim Hortons, actually Hanley Hospitality Inc., which is the franchisee of Tim Hortons, mm -hmm. and continues to be employed by it. Ms. Taylor claimed that her temporary layoff was a constructive dismissal and that her employment was terminated due to a business decision made by the company in response to unfavorable economic conditions. So far for me, it is looking pretty similar to Coutinho, and the suggestion of these arguments is the same as Coutinho. The ESA and IDEL regulation does not displace the common law doctrine that a layoff is a constructive dismissal, subject evidently to an agreement prior to the layoff. That's what Miss um, Taylor is arguing, but this time the court disagreed. And I think that there are three things in particular that influenced the court in Taylor, which did not happen in Coutinho, and this is all in the decision. One, judicial notice. Two, employer-employee in the same playing level field because of COVID-19. And three, the government's mandate to close the business down. The judicial notice, Taylor refers to a list of situations that the court accepts as a fact, despite having no physical evidence or testimony in the matter that support those conclusions. For example, the court accepts that different levels of government have undertaken evolving emergency measures to try to mitigate the effects of COVID-19. And those measures included the complete closure of certain business and restrictions on how certain business can operate, which had an impact on the employment market because through no choice of their own, some employers had to temporarily close their businesses or cut back their operations. And I think that we can see that as the court did, in particular for Tim Hortons, right? When the restaurant itself in person staying in was not to keep itself open. Mm -hmm. The second point is that it seems that the court in Taylor puts employers and employees in the same 
same playing level field within COVID circumstances. When it lists that the government can decide if the employee will be placed on IDEL, for example, an order made under the Emergency Management and Civil Protection Act, but also the employee can decide to be placed on IDEL. For example, when the employee is providing care to a designated individual, or the employer can decide that the employee will be placed in IDEL in response to a concern of the employer that the employee may be exposed or may be exposing other individuals in the workplace to the designated infectious disease or coronavirus, COVID-19. I think it is a fair outcome to put everybody in the same playing uh, level field within the context of COVID-19. However, I need to point out that um, this is departing from the principle in employment law in a free and democratic society in the world, that there is a power imbalance between the employer and employee that makes the law step in and remedy that imbalance. However, I wouldn't disagree that because of COVID-19, situation is different. Finally, the court agreed with the employer that exceptional situations called for exceptional measures, and I quoted that. <laughs> the Ontario government recognized the inherent unfairness in subjecting employers to wrongful dismissal claims as a result of the government imposing a state of emergency. If they didn't take that action, the claims would only serve to make the economic crisis from the pandemic even worse. And the court says that it's common sense and therefore the action was dismissed. Just a quick point, a consequence of Taylor is that any argument regarding the common law on layoffs has become inapplicable and irrelevant. This is what the court says in Taylor. It is also stated that all temporary layoffs relating to COVID-19 are deemed to be ideals, going back to March 2020 and prospective to the end of the COVID-19, which you mentioned the, the date that's September 25th, 2021. What this means is that the plaintiff's layoff is no longer a layoff. It is an ideal. And the normal rights uh, for statutory leaves are applicable, like the reinstatements and benefit continuation in, in some legislation. So the consequence is that because of Taylor, IDEL displaces the common law and therefore, there is no constructive dismissal, evidently subject to evidence to the contrary. You also brought a case, Nadia, and I think that the outcome was a little bit different, but I, <laughs> I'm curious to know what happened. I feel like we're watching a ping pong match, basically. So, <laughs> so Coutinho says Idel is a constructive dismissal, and so they serve the ping pong, and then Taylor says, no, it's not, and uh, Fogelman says, yes, it is. Um, so the case that I'm going to talk about is called Fogelman and IFG 2021 NSC 4042. The facts of the case are, you know, pretty straightforward. IFG is a financial recruitment company. Vogelman had been working there since 2009. There was some disagreement as to whether he was independent contractor for the first five years or whether he was an employee. But in any case, no employment contract saying that he could be temporarily laid off, no history of layoffs. And he was temporarily laid off in March 2020. And and unlike Taylor, he resigned. He uh, hired a lawyer and the lawyer sent correspondence saying that uh, he was treating the temporary layoff as a constructive dismissal. Similar to Coutinho and Taylor, except for the fact that IFG did stay in operation, they just scaled back operations. And so Fogelman wasn't the only person to be laid off. It's a pretty short decision, at least with respect to the question of whether IDEL is a constructive dismissal. 
now we have two decisions against one, two decisions saying that IDEL is a constructive dismissal, but the analysis in those decisions is frankly very short. And the Taylor decision, which is now outnumbered, but the judge goes into very great detail about setting up the basis for his decision, which I think is lacking in uh, Coutinho and Fogelman. Now, I can't fault the judge in Fogelman for that short analysis. She says herself, IFG did not pursue that line of argument, whether IDEL changed things. In any case, the judge addressed the IDEL regulation and whether it has any applicability to the case before her. And in the end, she finds that it does not. She says, well, Mr. Fogelman was not pursuing his rights under the ESA. He was pursuing his civil remedies. Therefore, the IDEL regulation does not apply. And this is because of Section 8 of the ESA, which Antonio mentioned before in the context of Coutinho. Also cites those uh, Ministry of Labor publications, which stated that the temporary changes to the ESA rules do not address what constitutes a constructive dismissal at common law. And that Section 8 sub 1 provides that the ESA does not supersede the civil remedies otherwise available to an employee. And throws in an alternative reason for why the IDEL regulation doesn't apply to Mr. Fogelman. And she says that that's because he resigned shortly after he was laid off. And there is an exception in the IDEL regulation that says that it does not apply to an employee who was constructively dismissed before May 29, 2020. And so because he resigned sometime in March and the IDEL regulation was passed on May 29, 2020, it didn't apply to him anyways, meaning that he could have pursued his claim through the Ministry of Labor or civilly. Interesting. You're feeding my okay. brain. <laughs> well, okay. I'm excited. <laughs> Let's hear it. Nadia, I think that if Taylor was a cake, I think the baker used good ingredients to make it. And at the end, it was tasty. It was a great experience overall. And after taking it out of the oven, the cake did not deflate. Now, are those all the ingredients that this particular cake needs? And when I say this particular cake, I'm talking about temporary layoff and constructive dismissal, whether ESA, IDEL, or common law. I think that there are other ingredients that were not used in Taylor, and the same thing happened in Coutinho, and the same thing happened in Fogelman. They used some ingredients, but not all of the ingredients necessary. I'm comfortable with the outcome in Taylor because it's influenced by law and economics, which is one of the lenses through which I professionally see employment, labor, and workplace human rights laws. And every time I see a decision that has that taste of law and economics, and I see other decisions that don't follow the law and economics, I would probably bring a rant. So I apologize in advance. Be mindful that I'm highly influenced by Professor Gillian Hatfield's 2017 book, Rules for a Flat World, Why Humans Invented Law and How to Reinvent It for a Complex Global Economy. And I have to disclose that while reading that book, and if you're going to read it or if you read it, you will agree with me. I was, as a legal professional, very concerned about my career future, about what's the future of law, but it was totally worth it. I bring Professor Hatfield because she claims that, and I'm quoting here, the legal systems we have are failing ever more regularly to do what law is supposed to do, make it easier for people to work together and make life for all better, not worse, end of quote. And she gives examples to explain how laws become law and are accepted, which is an important part of the laws, and are accepted by the communities. She brings the example of the 49ers, which are the miners in Gold of Rush, California in the late 1840s. Professor Hatfield says there that the rules were not necessarily what everyone thought was fair, but they were the rules that everyone knew everyone else was playing by. My concern, Nadia with these different outcomes in Taylor, Fogelman, and Coutinho, 
is that they have different outcomes. And as an employment lawyer and as a person who understands the value of predictability in employment law for small and mid-sized businesses to perform better in the economy, for me, the law is supposed to make it easier for people, both employers and employees, to work together and make life for all better, not worse. You know, continuous facts are not that different, if not similar, from Taylor's. However, we have extremely opposite outcomes. And I understand each case is different, and that difference may and will affect the outcome of every case. But hear me out. In Coutinho and Taylor, there is an elimination of hours of work. They tell the employee to go home. A few months later, they ask the employee to come back. The claim is in court already for a constructive dismissal. And one decision says, Idel does not displace common law, Coutinho. The other says, Idel displaces common law and there is no constructive dismissal, Taylor. But in a situation like Coutinho and Taylor, what would be different? What the employer said or did not say or how they said it? There was empathy or no empathy in the communications? The content of the letters, emails, or text messages that may have been flowing from one side to the other were different. That could be it, but that's not what was an issue in Coutinho, Taylor, and Fogelman. The issue was, in its core, whether a statute-based regulation, IDEL, displaced the common law of contractual obligations, in particular, agreements about layoffs. And the difference in outcomes, in Coutinho and Taylor in particular, I think, is with what lenses the court makes a decision. Is it principled, tradition-based legal assessment like Coutinho? Or is it law and economics, equity-based like Taylor? I know that our bench does tons of work that we can barely imagine, and I appreciate it, and our society should be proud of our bench. However, I think that there is room for improvement, and that may be that our judges get together and talk about what type of cases are they going to decide using law and economics, and which ones they are not. I think that employers and employees would appreciate the predictability of common law adapted to contemporary administrative policies of governments. And Taylor is an example of it. If this approach to decision-making in courts start to appear and judges are vocal about their approach, whether feminism, economics, principles, and others, then I would see the sign that the legal system we have is not failing ever more regularly to do what the law is supposed to do. And it is making it easier for people to work together and make life for all better, not worse, as Professor Hadfield suggests. And I know it's easier to say this than actually doing it, but I think it's a good start. This might be a first, but I agree with a lot of what you're saying. <laughs> the only thing I would disagree with is that I don't think there's similar situations. This goes back to Coutinho didn't have the right facts to make that decision because there was doubt about whether the layoff even had anything to do with COVID-19. There seemed to have been some personal disagreements between the employer and the people that ran the specific office where Ms. Coutinho worked. And I was curious to see when a case with more applicable facts to COVID and how that was going to be dealt with. And I still think that Section 8 of the ESA is instructive that no civil remedy of an employee can be affected by the ESA. But I agree with you, and I agree a little bit with what the judge is saying in Taylor, <laughs> that in exceptional circumstances lead to exceptional measures. Um, Nadia, do you mm -hmm. have a joke for us? I do. How many judges does it take to change a light bulb? Oh, no, I'm going to say one. <laughs> it is one, but two lawyers have to explain how to do it. No way. <laughs> I mean, what, what one lawyer says it's righty tighty lefty loosey and the other lawyer says that that's incorrect and and they guide the judge to be able to change the light bulb and who's right righty tighty lefty loosey for sure <laughs> <laughs>
Got it. Let's wrap it up and uh, get some cupcake. So Nadia, where can they contact you? People can contact me at Nadia, N-A-D-I-A, at wittenlublin.com. And uh, where can they find you? The website, www.workplacelegal.ca. Please like, share, subscribe. We've now passed our first year anniversary. Congratulations, Antonio. (laughs) Congratulations, Nadia. Thank you for listening to another episode of Work in Progress with employment lawyers Nadia Halum Arauz and Antonio Urdaneta, a podcast about the latest trending topics in workplace law. Listen to this and other episodes on your favorite podcast platform, including Spotify, Google, Apple, and others. Follow us and share the podcast with those who will benefit from this legal information. We look forward to seeing you in our next episode. Bye.